Well, it's a great way to start off the program, don't you think so? Yeah, I can hear you. I can imagine that you're applauding out there. This is Courtney, your conjurer. That was Horace Henderson. He's uh, Fletcher's brother. And uh, his orchestra with Kitty on Toast. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> Didn't think I could do a, a passable uh, cat impression, did you? Uh, the Howard McGee Sextet opened up the program with Up in Dodo's Room. Dodo is Dodo Marmorosa, the great uh, jazz piano player. So look, I'm here until 8 o'clock. And, uh, you know, here at the Old Codger Show, we play 78 RPM records. And then I give you my opinions. People, uh, listeners, sometimes uh, they ask me my opinions on current affairs and matters of great topical interest. As if my outlook matters on current issues of great topical interest. Well, I feel it's important to let people know where I stand on these issues, even even if I have to lie about it, which is my customary approach. Because if, if people are asking me for my opinion about the latest kerfuffle, these people are confused, and I have no sympathy for them. I feel a moral obligation to mislead them. I can give them just enough misinformation expressed with uh, convincing but fake, earnestness, and it'll walk away with, with a sense of clarity until later when reality swats them into push and that leaves them more confused than before. That's my job. <laughs> anyway, so look, you and I, if we meet, we don't know each other, we meet on the street or on a bus. I take buses a lot. Uh, or in a diner or at the hardware store or at a 70 RP, 78 RPM record shop. Feel free to approach me about my opinions on local, uh, national, and global matters. I'm always delighted to take an impassioned stand on things that I first heard about three minutes ago. See, the fact of the matter, the real news, the real news here on this show is that whatever it is that worries your pretty little head, I probably don't care much. I'm usually inclined to pull what you call your leg. And if you're standing on a rug, I'll pull that out from under you. Whoops! <laughs> you got to be careful around my empty opinions. They're, they're like a hole in the ground. There's nothing in it, but it can break your leg. I mean, suppose, I don't know, topical interest issues or you want to know what's going on in China. Well, I have some advice for you. Call China. It's long distance, but they usually pick up. I sell my Annette Hanshaw 78 to suckers in China. Gotta remove those awful platters from the American mainland. Yeah, that's what I say. Since, since you care what I say. That's my opinion. I hope it gives you a false sense of uh, clarity and it triggers some cognitive dissonance. Now look, let's move on with the program here. Enough about my... My opinions, which I know you all care about. Um, you know, Gus Bodenheim was not on the program last week. Well, he was, but it was an old commercial. And I, so I told him, he, I think he had bad excuses for not showing up last week. We need the, the advertisements, the commercials, to pay the bills around here. So I told Gus Bodenheim, I said, look, if he does not deliver a new commercial announcement for today's program, I told him that he'll be suspended from WFMU, from the airwaves, for seven days. But he is here. That's right, he came through. So uh, Gus is here, he's over there. Can't see him, but he's in the announcer's booth. 
Uh, so let's hear from him. Uh, d- this important announcement from Gus Bodenheim on the Old Codger Show. Gus Bodenheim here, happy to announce that the expanded Old Codger News Network, OCNN Plus, is off and running with exciting original programming, including our continuing series of infocational docu-featurettes commemorating Bodenheim History Month. Learn about the fascinating lives of more Bodenheims than you can shake a subpoena at. Curly Joe Bodenheim, backbench member of the 14 Nudges, inarguably filmdom's most unwieldy comedy team, remembered, if at all, for his catchphrase, Hey, quit it, guys, that really hurts. Dwayne The Rock Bodenheim, whose early acclaim as pro wrestling's premier eye-gouging heel led to cinema stardom as the face of features like Marvel's Bartleby the Scrivener 2. I would prefer not to. Hans Christian Bodenheim, the prune Danish, responsible for caustic children's works such as The Ugly Hamster, The Stupid Pigeon, The Smelly Poor Person, and The Shoemaker Who'll Never Amount to Anything. Andrew Dice Bodenheim, a stand-up comic famed for vulgar rewrites of famous poems. So much depends upon a red dildo. (laughs) Quoth the raven, (laughs) f*** you whore. His act proved so controversial that Pope John Paul II tore up his photo during an Easter Mass at St. Peter's. Failed Supreme Court nominee Ruth Gader Bodenheim, known as the notorious RGB by CMYK supporters. Her hopes for a Supreme Court confirmation were dashed when, asked about her opinion on Roe versus Wade, replied, well, that would depend on how far one is from shore. Come enjoy all this and more on OCNN Plus. Sign up now because Bodenheim History Month can't last all year, can it? I'm Gus Bodenheim. Thank you.
Swan and Lee and Fishy Little Thing. Fats Waller before that at the pipe organ with Lonesome Road. Uh, Andrew Aona and his novelty four. The style of Bix Beidelbeck with Frankie Trumbauer and his orchestra is what it sounded like. It was called That Love and Hula. And uh, B- Bud Powell's Modernists uh, did Whale, an old Blue Note 78. So look, this is Courtney, the old codger on WFMU. Now look, get ready. For breaking news, I wish I had some sort of a dramatic fanfare for the breaking news I'm about to release. This is for the fans of WFMU. There's probably a few of you out there listening to the show. This, what I'm about to say is going to be a shocker. It's about the staff and what the management is trying to do to them. Now, when I refer to the management, it's, it's Ken Friedman and Michelle, the lady who insists that there's only one L in her name. Well, they plan to institute some radical policies here. They're drawing up a manifesto 
that's going to lay out their strategy to control the staff in their whole lives. The, the manifesto, I have a copy of it, right here. It's called Work, Pray, Mumber, because that's what the DJs do, they mumber. This manifesto has not yet been circulated among the staff. It's a work in progress. It's a draft. But there's a whistleblower. That's right. There's a whistleblower. Now, he asked me to remain, he wanted to remain nameless. But uh, I think he deserves credit, so I'm going to name him. It's Mark uh, Hurst. He's a guy who does a show on Monday. It's called it's, it's a Tick-Tock Tonic or something. And we, uh, Mark Mark Hurst, he's, he's, this is news. He brought me. He's, I guess he's a, maybe he's a descendant. Uh, of uh, the great uh, newspaper mogul William Randolph Hearst. It's very possible that they're related. Anyway, he deserves credit, this whistleblower, uh, Mark. He's, he passed along a draft of this dystopian plan, and it's alarming. It's clear that what Ken and Michelle, with one L, are trying to do, they're trying to enforce a cult-like devotion among the staff to them. That's right. They're attempting to, to supply all material well-being and spiritual needs to the DJs. Uh, they want to tear the DJs from their families and from their outside communities. Everything is going to be internal. So Michelle, with one L, she has a new administrative title. She refers to herself as the, uh, the chief harmonizer. <laughs> she wants to bring harmony to all the DJ lives, whether they want it or not. That means she wants to turn them into zombies to replace their individual identities with a, 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 a collective subordination. It's corporate authoritarianism at its worst. So what are they doing? You're probably going to work with their big plans. Ken and Michelle, they're setting up staff dormitories paid for with listener donations, your donations if you donated. So where are they going to set up these dormitories? Well, let me tell you, this is according to the whistleblower, Mark. A few years ago, you may remember, the station needed money. They had to pay off the loan sharks and maintain the supply of recreational drugs for the hippies on the staff. So they had a parking lot out in the backyard, and they sold it for a lot of loot. Well, then things got really weird. You probably didn't hear about this because they didn't talk about it on the radio. It wasn't in the newspapers, but station manager Ken Freeman started going around Jersey City buying other parking lots. And he was trying to sell them for a quick buck. That's right. Quick turnover. He was buying up all these parking lots, but he wasn't getting profitable offers on them. So he ended up, he bought all these parking lots. He ended up selling many of them at a loss. He gave one away as part of an extortion payoff. Eventually, this whole situation got so out of hand, Ken purchased a parking lot in Albuquerque, and he tried to sell it, but he got no takers. That's when the radio station board of directors stepped in and demanded that Ken stop trying to flip parking lots. Well, times change. That was a few years ago, right? Well, listener donations were abundant in recent years. Oh, they're swimming in money here at WFMU. It created a net surplus. So, that, that parking lot uh, behind the station that they sold to some scummy developers a few years ago, well, WFMU bought it back. That's right. They paid for it. So now they're constructing a 10-story dormitory for staff. It'll be a total 
community. You never, they, they want the staff to come and never leave. Uh, work and play and sleep space. Uh, there'll be communal games and rituals. Oh, there's going to be hot tubs uh, where the DJs will relax with each other, naked. That's right, that's right, it's in the proposal. They plan to set up a cafeteria where all the DJs must eat their meals together. Uh, they're, they're building dedicated meditation chambers. With, uh, it'll be incense, Ugh, stinky stuff, discharged through a centralized ventilation system. They want marriages between staffers. It's going to be encouraged and arranged. Matt, because management wants them, again, that's Ken and Michelle. They want the, the staff to inbreed. That's right. They want them to interbreed to create a master race of superior DJs. Well, considering the gene pool they're drawing from, good luck with that. They, 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 they're hiring this aging hippie. His name is Pemberton Spurtles. Uh, they want him to serve as a mentor to the younger DJs. He's a scoundrel. I've met him. I know him. He's got a lengthy rap sheet. His nickname is Mumbers. Uh, hence the reference in the title of the manifesto. So look, uh, Ken and Michelle... They're trying to get WFMU registered as a religion in the state of New Jersey. And now that the news is out, that's right, you're hearing it here first. Thanks to Mark, that's right, uh, the, the whistleblower, uh, now that the news is out, there's going to be all kinds of scutterbutt. That's right. There may be only one Ellen Michelle, but there's two in hell. That's right. So look, don't blame me for any of this. I'm just a messenger. The skeptic philosopher. I distance myself from these scallowags.
the matter with you, Clarence? You're not playing with much pep today. I don't feel good, Jimmy. I don't feel good. You don't feel good? No, I don't feel good, Jimmy. What's the trouble? Oh, I don't know. I was at a party last night, and I think somebody poisoned me. I ate about five pies, and I only ate about a dozen peak feet, and I think them peak feet must be kicking on me or something. Oh, sharp. Why don't you do something for it? I'm going to, Jimmy, just soon as we get through rehearsing. I'm going to see a doctor. You don't need no doctor. How come I don't? I got something for you right here in my left hip pocket. Jimmy, I wish you'd let me have it. Open your mouth. Yeah, it is. Now stick out your tongue. Mm, here, here. Now how did the proposition look to you? Jimmy, mm, I sure feel good. What kind of powders was that you put on my tongue, Jimmy? Alan's footies. Alan's footies? Great gracious, Jimmy, let's play the piano.
did it, moi donc. We did it, moi donc. Won't you please do something, honey? Oh, honey, I wonder why you act so funny when we should be making love. I'm willing, so willing, but nothing that you do seems thrilling. I look for your pattern, but where am I getting? Why, there's the moon way up high. Here are you, and here am I. Oh, do, do, do something. Ain't been hugged, I ain't been kissed. Wanna see just what I miss? Oh, do, do, do something. I'm on the place, the place and the time I know. I got the park and the bench, the bench in the park and oh. Now other pairs are making haste. Just look at us, we're going to wait. So let's do, let's both do something. something. I'm going to talk. That's what I'm going to do. It's a mic break here. It's what's known in the business. It's called a mic break. Because I'm talking into a mic. Then it's a break in the program. So that was uh, the Sunshine Boys and Do Something. Before that, Thor uh, Jetterby Septet with Bix Day. It was sort of a, a little homage to Bix Beiderbeck. Clarence Williams, James P. Johnson, a great piano uh, duet there on I Found a New Baby. And Tiny Grimes and Quartet, the Groovin' with Grimes. So this is Courtney, T. Edison, the Old Codger. I'm here on WFMU every Tuesday from 7 to 8 o'clock playing 7 RPM records. Now look, I, I just want to say one more thing since you want my opinions and you want to know what's going on in my life. I'll share it with you. I'm waging a vendetta against this, this, this phone company. They're called Verizon, something like that. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Anyway, whatever happened to good old Ma Bell? 
I got on so well with her. We had a wonderful relationship. Oh, she was a saucy, uh, she was a saucy one, Ma Belle. Anyway, this very zone is sending me all this junk mail and they're trying to, they, they call it upsell, to try to upsell me under useless phone service. Like I need all these other features, right? So they gave me this toll-free number. I called the toll-free number to inquire. And they insisted, this is what they told me, okay, this very zone. They say they insisted that the only way I could take advantage of their offers, their spectacular offers, was that I had to give up my original phone number. That's right, the same number that I've had since 1892. My phone number is... <clears throat> six. So anyway, I won't fall for that scam. I knew the guy who had phone number five. He was my old buddy, Hector Firebottle. Uh, they promised Hector improved service. They said, oh, only 50 cents a minute for long-distance calls and less discounts on the weekends. Right. But they required him to give up his number, which Hector stupidly did. Then they turned around and they gave his cherished phone number. He'd had the same number since 1889. It was five. They gave his cherished phone number to the cretinist nephew of the guy who owned the bank that held Hector's mortgage. It was a tragedy. Oh, God, Hector hasn't been the same. Anyway, I'm not falling for that scam. So if I still got the same phone number. If you need to reach me at home, just remember, I hope you wrote it down, because I'm not going to repeat it, okay? I'm not telling you again. I just said it a couple of minutes ago. You could have written it down. Maybe you did. Maybe you'll remember it if you got a good memory. Anyway, back to the music here on the Ocotra Radio Show on, uh, on WFMU. It rain, you know it rain. Oh, hot rain, rain too long. Night rain, rain all day, rain all night. Rain, rain, night rain. It's raining too long. It rained all day. It's all 
This is Gus Bodenheim, and while most of you know me as the radio announcer of record, only the more erudite amongst you are aware of my reputation as an author's author. Words are important to me, so important I once killed a man for using the term anywho, or so it's been alleged. 
But in such acclaimed works as A Fistful of Chuck and the upcoming unexpurgated author's edit of Yes, That's My Rectum, I strove, as few have striven, to craft works of compelling cogency, whilst always remembering to entertain, to elicit a smile, or perhaps a tear, from all but the most moronic readers. Some of these have asked me, Duh, how do you do it? Well, one might as well ask a tree, how do you set roots, grow leaves, convert sunlight to sustenance? How do you exhale fresh air, give shelter to the weary bird or the bushy-tailed squirrel, hungry for the very acorns you extrude? But unlike the tree, I can offer pointers, some of the basic concepts by which I think about starting out with at the beginning of a writing task. Let me share a few. When you were a school child, did you participate in something called show and tell? Well, I have a twist on that for you. Show, don't tell. Consider this sentence. Her dress was red. How's that? Unsatisfactory, eh? Now, if you show a picture of her in a red dress, there is no confusion. Lots of pictures. Or what we in the profession call illustrations. Illustrations help the reader see what might otherwise be confusing to read and tedious to write. But what if you can't draw nor afford someone to do it for you? Well, one word. Use adjectives. Adjectives are the writer's paintbrush, tinting the most prosaic, run-of-the-mill cliché with vivid hues of vibrant color. They are your flavor, your music, prose-wise. Remember that more words cause the reader to linger, drinking in the image, the thought, the described action, bathing the mind's eye in the solid aroma of rich description. An example. James was an evil, nasty, unkind man, the kind of man that routinely acted in ways that were deliberately cruel. Now, how to improve this sentence? Well, I would simply add very. To wit, James was a very evil, nasty, unkind man, etc. Now, before I go, let me quickly address two hidebound bugbears of the craft. Have you ever heard anybody say, first thought, best thought? Not so fast. Think again and maybe you'll reconsider. Likewise, some say less is more. If so, then is less and less increasingly more? And can we conclude that none is most? You see the dilemma. Eventually, there is no writing at all, and no writing means no paycheck for the writer. Because finally, always remember, the sweetest words you'll ever read are pay to the order of. Gus Bodenheim, your Del Barton bard, saying, Finn. Charlie? Well, what is that there, pig me, Pete? Oh, I got something to tell you. Well, what is it? Look here. I know your gal, Sally. For short, I call her Hallie. Boy, she dressed very well, I must confess. But this is how she looks at her best. Got arms like a blacksmith, shaped like a ham. Dumb as a mule from Alabama. Got a hump in her back, one cork leg, walked on her neck just as big as her egg. Her hair's all out, teeth out too, mouth like a bucket, her nose like a screw, under slum jaw, and a gum chin, 
Is you talking about my gal? No, cause you's my friend. No, you know I couldn't talk about your gal. No, indeed. No, as long as I've been knowing you. No, I couldn't do nothing like that. But your gal keep the dirty house. Anyone I know. Dirt piled knee deep up on her kitchen floor. Dishes piled up in the sink. Sheets on her bed is black as ink. Her bathtub done sprung a leak. She don't know it, and it's been a week. She thinks she look good to all the men. Is you talking about my gal? No, go use my friend. Man, I couldn't say nothing about your gal. I don't see how you could. No, John. I know your girl too well. Yeah, I see you do. Look here, but I got to tell you this, Jim. Hmm? Your gal's bow-legged, knock-kneed, wear 24 shoes. Look like a baboon in the zoo. Her head is big as a Georgia mule. And a mouth stretched open like a swimming pool. Big as an elephant. Shaped like a seal, rusty knees and ingrown heel, and think she look good to all the men. Is you talking about my gal? No, cause you my friend. Boy, I couldn't tell about your gal. No, what you eat in my house? No, your girl is a real disrespectable lady. Mm -hmm. And she's the stealingest woman mm -hmm. I ever did see. She can steal the sugar out your coffee tea. Man, she went to church, stole the preacher's text, stole the deacon's overcoat and said, Well, what's next? Her arm is long, also her hand, till she stuck him in the pocket of the sexton man. Stole glory, hallelujah, she reached that amen. Is you talking about my gal? No, cause you's my friend. We're just going to wrap up the program. <laughs> Fine style. That was uh, Pig Meat Pete and Cat Juice Charlie. Now, that was a pseudonym for Kid Wesley Willis and uh, Harry McDaniels. And they sang, Use My Friend. Mirrors um, uh, Ten Black Berries. That was actually Duke Ellington and his orchestra. They'd often record under a different name. We heard a, a, a sort of a, a test pressing of Black and Tan Fantasy from the UK. And Sister Rosetta Tharp and Marie Knight. Uh, saying, didn't it rain? Okay, so this is Courtney. Now look, I understand that Maury, who usually comes up next, Maury has Maury's Coney Island. Uh, he's not here again this week. I'm a little, getting a little worried. Maybe he's off on a romp. Who knows? Anyway, some guy, Greg, from Zone 5, will be filling in on Maury's Coney Island. But it's still called Maury's Coney Island. Now I'll be back next week. This is Courtney the Old Codger. Uh, stay tuned for Maury's Coney Island with Greg from Zone 5. Uh, this is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in New York City, Rockland County, at 91.9 FM and online at WFMU.org. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Dwarfing the mightiest. Towering over the greatest. You have seen great adventures. Now you're about to live one. Hurtling through the universe. Rocketing towards terrifying dangers. Climb aboard and enjoy the wildest, wackiest, dare safari of all time. Destination unknown. 
destiny unholy. No woman can resist. No man can survive. With the clash of sword against sword. From the far corners of the earth to the far reaches of space. Danger and treachery at every turn. Moments that will live forever in your memory. The death duel of the dinosaurs. Underground Martian City. Mortal combat in the blood-soaked arena. The destructive might of incredible space rays. Huge carnivorous man-eating plants. The temple of the devil worshippers. The battle of the gorillas. The oracle of all knowledge. The savage horrors of fearsome mutated beasts. The infamous chamber of orgies. The prophecy sealed in lightning. A caveman loosed in a modern home. The beauties of Baghdad. And a cast of thousands. Jack Palance as Attila the Hun. James Mason as Captain Nemo. Betty Davis as Catherine the Great. Orson Welles as Barundi. Marlon Brando as the Potter. Charlton Heston as Henry VIII. Yul Brynner as Sultan. Audrey Hepburn as Natasha. Charles Coburn as Benjamin Franklin. Frank Langella as Skeletor. Donna Reed as Sacagawea. Richard Green as Robin Hood. Elizabeth Taylor as Cleopatra. Jim Brown as Napoleon Jefferson. And the queen of outer space is Jaja Gabor. This is true. This is real. It's happening now, this very second. Duck, you sucker.
I'm prepared to pay a guide handsomely. To lead you to the Forbidden Valley. No, not for all the gold in the world. Thank <laughs> you.